going to go ahead and we will share the Word this morning. Praise God. And I tell you, you'll be thankful for the Word after this morning. Amen. Praise God. I know this is a church that loves the Word, and that's one of the reasons I love coming here, because this is a Word church. You know what? You can come in and teach the Word. And I tell you, we need it. Yes. We need it in these days. And um, I've been doing this here where we have been talking on, you know, talking about, you know, the end days and stuff like that. They're not from the viewpoint of looking at, you know, end time teaching. But in the viewpoint of looking at, we need to know our time. And I looked at that. It's important to know our time. If you don't know your time, you miss your opportunity. And we're not going to miss our opportunity. And I tell you, there will be a lot who will. And um, we were looking the last time, we were looking at um, how doctrine takes people away. Those wrong doctrines, you know, um, in marriage. Some people say, you know, about marriage, don't marry. Or some people will tell you who to marry and all of those kind of things. And they can become wrong doctrines. Let me tell you, marriage is an absolute blessing. Yeah. Let me tell you, intimacy in marriage is a blessing. And don't let anybody ever tell you that it's not. There are some people who think they're too holy for that. That's one way of ruining your marriage. Yeah. Amen? And those things can be taught from all different angles of wrong teaching on marriage. Either forbid people not to marry, or there's places, I'm telling you, they'll forbid people who want to get married. They'll stop them. Okay? Now the Bible lets us know what to look for in a husband or a wife and all of those kind of things. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there's places they will say, if you said, you know what, I want to marry, uh, um, we're getting married and there's leaders will come, you're not marrying them. Well, who's there to tell you who you can marry? Or who you? you know, they're doctrines of the devil. It's control. There's people who prophesy over people and say, you know what, you're meant to marry that one. Never fall for that rubbish. You don't want to marry somebody on a prophecy. They clear off back to their own country and you're left with somebody you, you don't want to be with out of a prophecy. The wonderful thing about the new covenant is you have the Holy Ghost living in you. So you don't have to be led by prophets. You are led by the Holy Ghost living in you. Amen. I would never let anybody say to me, you know what, you're meant to marry this one or you're meant to marry that one. On your bike, mate, I'm going to be the one married to them. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I have to wake up and look at them. They have to look at me. What you know what I mean? Marriage is a challenge in itself. You know what I mean? You need God in it. There's two imperfect people in it. Like what could go wrong? <laughs> you need God in marriage. Yes, amen. amen. And you know what? You, you don't need someone matchmaking telling you who you know what I mean, who to marry. Praise God. Amen. And you know what? If you're married, thank God for the grace of God. Amen. God will make your marriage wonderful. Look to God. God will help you in it. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying, look, I'm not saying, you know what? If you're married, you know, sometimes we I'm already married. Well, praise God for the grace of God. The grace of God is awesome. It really is amazing. Praise God. Some people say my marriage is horrible. Well, thank God we don't live forever. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. It will come to an end at some stage. <laughs> you'll, you'll be thankful for heaven. Amen. <laughs> oh, I'm only joking. But anyway, it might not be. <laughs> but I'm just saying those things are controlled. People control people with, with doctrine and stuff. And then, you know what? You can't eat... Veg. I only eat veg. You can't eat meat. You know. <laughs> I, I see in the shops now you go in and, and there's a vegan burger. What is that? 
What's a vegan? It tastes like a burger. <laughs> it's just not for me. You know what I mean? I tell you, some people, the way they get the word of God, it's, it's packaged as meat, but it actually will not change your life. Amen. You don't want a vegan Jesus. Amen. You don't want, you don't want you know, um, diet Jesus, diet Holy Ghost, semi-skim Jesus. No, you want full fat Jesus. You want the beef burger. Amen. And tell I'm not a vegan. Amen. <laughs> no, but you know, there's nothing wrong with being a vegetarian. That's different. There's some people who are vegetarians. There's a preacher friend of mine, and he, he never eats meat. And one day, you know, I just said to him one day, I says, why are you a vegetarian? I was waiting for a religious answer, and he says, I don't like meat. Now, and I'll say on that argument. <laughs> you know, because the, if, you, if you're doing it for that purpose, you just, you're, you want to eat that because that's, you want that diet. But the point I'm making is this. There's no spiritual value out of that. Amen. You're not spiritual because you don't eat a bacon sandwich. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Amen. I, I don't eat a bacon sandwich. I'm more spiritual than you. No, you're not more spiritual. And I tell you, there are things that you can look at and you can study and you can find out about, uh, uh, about pork and it may not be good for your body. And, uh, and there is certain reasons why certain things weren't, weren't eaten. But it's not a law for us in the New Testament. Exactly. Everything the Bible says, you can pray over it and eat it. Amen. Amen. You know, you might get upset. Somebody might eat your pet. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? <laughs> Some people get up upset. And I'm, not, I'm saying that in a joking way. There was a, as a missionary friend of my mum's. And I knew them from coming to our house when we were kids. And, um, and I can remember them telling the story, the fellow telling the story, he's, um, he's a real man of God, like on the mission field. But he told a story how he went to um, a, a, a village and they put a luxury in front of him and it was a monkey's paw. Oh. And like he didn't know what to do because like, you know, he, he, says, he said there was the nails and everything wrong and it just, he didn't know what to do. Because it was so against his natural food that he would eat. This man was, um, this man was from a, 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 an Indian background. And um, he, he, he sat there and he said, God, give me wisdom. <laughs> and he turned around to the, the chief of the village and he said, it would be my great honor, he says, for you to have my portion. Well, they were all blown away because everybody else was munching away in this. But you know what? If that's what they ate... It didn't make them more or less spiritual. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. And there's a lot of people who miss it and they get into bondage over what you eat and then they become condemning of other people. And they think they're being spiritual and they end up in the flesh and they set themselves up and pray that I'm more spiritual and they condemn everybody else and they're missing. Do you know what makes you spiritual? What we looked at the last time exercising yourself in godliness. That's what makes you spiritual. To where you then become an example of a believer in your words, your lifestyle, and all of those kind of things that we looked at last time. Amen? See, these are traps that we're to look, look out for. You know, in our generation, people say, how do you apply it to our generation? Well, there's a whole movement, a green movement out there, and we need to watch that we don't fall into that trap and think that we're more spiritual because we're trying to save the planet. Let me tell you, just go and read your Bible. Amen. And people think they're saving the planet. Where do you see the damage God does during the tribulation? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Just go and read the book of Revelations and see about saving the planet. Hey, people, are, people think they're God and they're going to save the place. Well, you know what? So, trying to, you know, suck out a milkshake with a paper straw. Boy, that's misery in itself. You know what I mean? They think they're going to save the planet because they're not using plastic. You have the same people that are, they're pushing this here, and ma many of them are young people, and you know what? And they'll, they'll use more energy in all of their devices that they have. Yeah. yeah, they won't want to give that up, but boy, they want you to not use a plastic straw. Amen, not in my house. Amen. I'm going to love people, but you see, when you have the Bible, you get a correct viewpoint. And I'm not going to fall for the trap of your spiritual or not spiritual because you, you have intimacy or don't have intimacy. We're more spiritual because we don't do that. And there's people who believe that. Yeah. Amen. Well, not amen. Amen means so be it. I'm saying no be it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying last week where I was preaching, I said some people need to, need to change the songs in their house. <laughs> or praying depressing songs. Some of them need to play a bit of uh, romantic songs. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> now, let me look over to Second Timothy chapter 3. I'll get off that before I get in trouble. Second Timothy chapter um, 3. Again, it's saying the same thing here. And that's what I'm doing here. We're in end days. And there will be pressure in the end days. There's going to be a lot of deception in the end days. But what is the answer? That's what we need to know. So I don't want to miss my opportunity. I don't want to be backing off when I'm meant to be. Yeah. I don't want to miss my opportunity in God. And I'm sure you're all the same. But you know what? These are, these are things that help us not miss what God has for us. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Look what it says here. And again, let me see, just like I said with the last chapter that we looked at, you're either at the beginning of the chapter or you're at the end of the chapter. The last time we looked at, some shall depart from the faith. You know what? And, and that's true. But I'm telling you, there's another bunch that they're going to be an example of the believer. So you get to choose what you're going to be in these days. Amen? Again, here it says, Know this also, that in the last days, perilous times, or you'd say difficult times, uncertain times will come. Amen? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And many of you know that's our generation. Well, there's some people in our generation, if there were chocolate, they'd eat themselves. <laughs> We, we live in a generation where people are, are just full of self. You know, you go back, you go back to um, like the, the world wars and you've seen people that laid their lives down. They loved not their lives unto the death. They didn't live for themselves. They lived for others. Well, I tell you, in the kingdom of God, you know what? We're not meant to live for ourselves, yet God will look after you to take care of yourself. But you're to live, you know, esteeming others better than yourself. You're to live thinking about others. Yet there's a generation that is so self-absorbed. You know what? They just love looking at themselves all the time. That's, that shouldn't be us. We should want our lives to account. Sometimes you have to be in a visual role. Sometimes in your workplace you may have to stand up and talk to people. It's not about that. It's being, being effective. Being what, doing what God's called you to do. But there's a difference between, you know, just loving yourself. And our generation loves themselves. And I'm not talking every everyone, okay? 
Let me say this here as well. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. Amen. And you know, a bath is a great thing. Shower is a great, <laughs> great thing. You know what I mean? Looking after yourself. Self. Dressing. That doesn't mean to say there's, there's... You look after yourself. You know what I mean? You take care of one another. When you're married, you take care of one another. Sometimes people get married and then they go to the dogs after that. They stop even trying. You know what I mean? They stop even, you know, um, brushing their hair or anything. Like, you know... The, when you're coming in, the flies are all over you. You know it's time to get a shot. <laughs> I'm only joking. But I'm just saying there's a balance. Sometimes people say, oh, do you know what? You shouldn't do your hair. That's, you know, that's loving yourself. No, it's taking care of yourself. Yeah. There's a diff loving yourself is a hard attitude. Yeah. To where, you know what, you're, you're um, consumed, yeah, consumed with self where you can't see anyone else. But you know what? The, the Bible lets us know that the, 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 the wife is the glory of the husband. You know what? I, you know what I, um, when the wife looks well, you know, it's a reflection on the husband. Amen. It's a reflection. Because it's the glory of the husband. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just throwing out there's a balance. That's all I'm saying there. Okay, praise God. Because sometimes people get into bondage with these things too and think, oh, they, you love yourself because cause you dress nice. No, it's not. About, it's, a, it's about there's, a, there's taking care of yourself. Yeah. Amen. Um, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. I tell you, we have a generation that will just speak anything about anyone or anything. God, doesn't matter who. They just, no problem just... Speaking slanderous words. I'll tell you, God, God gets slandered every day. You know, isn't it amazing? God still keeps coming at people with love. It's just amazing. Yet it's a sign of the last days. Disobedience to, disobedient to parents. Boys, I tell you, in one generation, I know from my generation, growing up to now, the difference is unreal. Look, the parents used to tell the kids what to do. Now the kids tell the parents what to do. Where to go? When we go? When we? <laughs> unthankful. We have a generation that is everything, and in some ways, it's made many people unthankful. Stay thankful. There's sometimes people, if somebody does something for them, if they don't like that certain thing or somebody gives them a gift and they don't like it, they're like, they make a big issue out of it and like, you know, just don't stay thankful. Instead of saying, you know what, I appreciate that, even if it's not your style or you don't like it or something like that there. But that person went and maybe worked and they did the best that they could. And sometimes people just don't have a thankful heart. You know what, um, having a thankful heart is a great thing. In God, it's a great thing. It's one of the reasons why people get off track in God is because they stop being thankful. Some people complain about what they don't have and never thank God for what they do have. Some people are ne they're never content. You know, the contentment as a believer doesn't mean to say that you don't believe God for more. It means you're not going to be miserable in the day that you're in. If, if you, the car that you have, the house that you live in, the clothes that you have, thank God for them. You may be believing God for, for, for more or an, a better job or whatever, but you thank God for what you do have while you're believing God for more. It keeps your heart content. Some people think contentment is having nothing. No, contentment is a heart condition again. It's, it's, it's being... 
It's being at peace where you are. Amen? Be, be thankful. In other words, without natural affection. I could get into all of them, but just say, we have a generation like that, don't know natural affection. I'm saying, thank God for all of the good, but you can see a trend in the world, okay? Um, truce breakers, people don't keep their word. False accusers, incontinent, which means they don't have any control. Fierce, which is savages, um, despisers of them that are good. I tell you, our views as believers are despised and are being more and more despised. Especially because we believe in certain things like life. The two big ones, life, and because we believe in marriage. Because we believe in male and female. And people despise that. It is totally despised. And, there, uh, and you think of what way people be talked about who, who value life. Life. Yeah. And yet it's so hypocritical. The same people would rip you in two if you killed an endangered species. Yeah. And I believe in protecting species yeah. that are going extinct. Yeah. You know, you, you look after uh, species. But there's something out of whack. Whenever certain eggs are more valuable than a child in the womb. There's something wrong there. And yet you see, for us it makes perfect sense. But you see in that world it is so distorted that you are the evil person. That's our generation. We're seeing this. The Bible talks about the generation that will call evil good and good evil. Traitors, no loyalty. Heady. High-minded, that's inflated, proud. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. There's some people, you know what, I can't come to church this morning, my Netflix show is on. I see these are, this is the generation that we're in. And you know what, and thank God I'm not preaching condemnation to people, I'm just making us aware, this is our generation. There's people who love pleasures, they love the flesh. More than they love the things of God. There's people get up this morning going, oh, you know, it's a great weekend. You know what? Um, you know, I'm not going to church on Sunday. See, when God's top priority, you don't think like that. You think, you know what? Praise God, I'm going to have a great service in church and then I'm going to go home and put the barbecue on. And I'm not saying, you know what? If you go, you can't take a break or go in a weekend. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about a lifestyle. Okay? Don't be in bondage. It says here, having a form of godliness, it looks the part, but denying the power thereof. Mm -hmm. The vegan burger, that's not a burger. <laughs> looks the part, looks like a burger, but it's not a burger. But denying the power thereof from such turn away. You see, there is going to be all of these things, but there's some things you have to turn away from some things. You know, we need to be people that, you know, when you go in to rescue someone, say someone that has been held hostage, you don't go in there to live there, you go in to rescue the person. You don't go in to become a part of their system, you come to get the person out. And witnessing is not about compromising what we believe. Witnessing is rescuing people. 
Witnessing is loving the person enough that you will face criticism. You run the risk of rejection. You run the risk of being laughed at. But you love the person enough that you will go into where they are at to do your best to reach them with the gospel. Yet in our generation, we think to reach a person, you have to compromise to reach. And then what happens is you end up with a form of godliness, but there's no power. There's no power in your message. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And you know what? And our gospel is the power of God even when you get saved to deliver you. And if we water everything down, there's no power to get free from things that trap us. Because we don't want to offend anyone. You know, when someone goes to rescue someone, they're not thinking about offending someone. They just love the person enough that they want that person out of that situation. And they may get hurt in the process. But our generation is too busy pleasing everybody that we don't want a few scars in the process. We don't want criticism because we can't handle it because we're triggered. See, when that mentality comes into the church, and I, I don't mean to be so serious about this this morning, but this is what happens. When we set the world as our standard for doing church, we end up being snowflakes as well. And we can't take pressure. We can't take criticism. We can't take it somebody made fun of us for being a Christian. Look, I've been called every name under the sun. Look, I've worked on building sites, factories. You can't work in a factory or a building site without getting slagged. Yeah. Understand? I has called everything. And you know, much of it in Ireland is harmless. Irish people just like slagging people. They don't mean any harm. They make fun of absolutely everything. It's just a way of life. There's no malice in it. Like, the first time I went to Donna's house uh, for dinner, and Donna has five brothers. You know, I was intimidating as a, 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 in and of itself, you know what I mean? Going out with the younger sister, and here I am sitting at the table. But I didn't know what way to take it, because they keep each other going. Like, in Donna's house, there are some of the brothers are called Roundhead, Squarehead. You know, there's a name for I mean, there's a name for everything. Well, round head. Well, square head. Well, big nose. And nobody's mean it. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's getting offended. It's just the way that... It... And sometimes people take things serious. There's some people who are like that and they're only joking. And when you get, when you get to know them, they actually m might, you know, respect the fact that you've took a stand. But then there's other people who will criticize you in our generation. And it'll be harsh. But you know what? The ones that keep you going and the laugh and joke, it's good training ground. Some people don't know how to take it. See, it's a problem with schools as well in our generation. We are raising kids today where kids, boys can't even play in the ground and play football in the ground because they can't be uh, macho or manly or score a goal and go up to the opposition and go, yeah, you know, and, and they can't do that anymore because, you know what, it, that might hurt somebody's feelings. Let me tell you, when you go into life, your feelings are going to get hurt. I'm not talking about we let, there's a balance, you understand? But when I went to school, let me tell you, you know, you, you, you got toughened up. I don't mean that you were misused. I'm just saying... Just playing football and the slagging and all of that kind of stuff. And look, 
I grew up in an estate, and I'm telling you what, you, 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 either, you either learned how to take it or you didn't come out of your house. You know what I mean? But you know what? I can I take a slagging. And I, you know what I mean? But I can't, you know why? Because I wasn't wrapped in cotton wool. To where I, I learned how to take it and I learned how to give it back. You know, in a joking way. I learned how to play football. I learned how to be rough. I learned how to do all of them things. And our generation, you know, it's, it's crazy the way it's went. Even with schools, everybody's a winner. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. That's not going to work in the, that's not going to work in the Olympics. No. I'm not going to try because we're all getting a gold medal. Yeah, right? Well, I believe in our school systems, they should find what kids are good at and encourage that. Because when you tell, there could be a child there that is rubbish in education, but the chance that they have, they may be the greatest runner in the 100 meters and they're being held back. And that may be their chance to shine in life in the sense of to get their potential out of them. Imagine if Usain Bolts went to a school where they told him everybody's a winner and stop running fast and embarrassing the boys because they're ashamed. No, you want him to run as fast as he can. Yes, yes. Is the Wimbledon final today? Is it the men's Wimbledon? Yeah. Imagine the umpire saying, oh, no, 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 you're being too hard now. Now, <laughs> slow down now. They, he can't re reverse that serve as, as fast as you. <laughs> no way you watch sport. You want to see the best that there is. Exactly. But you know what, if somebody's good in business, they should be taught to excel in that. Somebody's good in art to excel in that. Someone's good with their hands to excel in that. Yeah. To where they're taught to excel if you're good in sports to excel in that. Yeah. I love sports. The problem was I wasn't good at it. <laughs> but I had a passion for it. I really had a passion for it. My dad would take me out playing golf. And my dad was a great sportsman. And I'll tell you, he... Dad could have went round the golf course and never played in five years and went round and, and beat people who were playing every week. That's just the way he was. He was just great at sports. He's a great athlete. He turned up to, and one day he ran two races. He didn't even train for them. And he was about my age. I think he's my father. <laughs> but he turned up for two races. He ran a fun run in the afternoon, which was six miles, and then in the, or in the morning, and in the afternoon, he went and he ran um, 16 miles in the afternoon in the same day and didn't even train. My brother was out running every night. I was running every night. I made the fun run. I came in last or something like that. So I crossed the line. <laughs> I was still jiggling after that too. <laughs> I, I came across the front. I actually have a photograph of it somewhere in the house. You know, you can see me. It's the one running with the oxygen tank. <gasps> but there are people who excel in certain things. My dad was great at sports. He's a great, he's a great footballer. It didn't matter what sport he'd done, he, he, would, he was good. And it didn't matter that he was, you know, whatever he was, 25 years older than me. It whopped me in anything we played. And I'd be trying my hardest. I wasn't good at it, but I had a heart for it and I enjoyed it. The best thing I probably had done well in was martial arts. You didn't have to run in that. <laughs> you just had to be able to throw a punch and a kick. But you know what I enjoyed? I, enjoy, I enjoyed sports, but I didn't excel in it. 
And there was others that did. I excelled naturally in art. But the problem was that wasn't promoted the same. That was just looked at doodling from some teachers. You know what? That's just doodling. But you know what? They're getting better at it now in our generation. But you know what? You, praise God. I don't know how we got on to that. But anyway, having a form of godliness but denying, <laughs> denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they that, that creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with lusts. You know, there are some people who have the form, but actually their motive is what is shown is they're wrong. They, they can, do you know what? That's why godliness has nothing got to do with your clothes. Nothing got to do with your appearance. Let me tell you, there's people that will dress the part. I have met leaders. I've been around leaders that have taken advantage of people, have split up homes and everything. Using spiritual talk. God brought our relationship together. We, there's something special here. We should pray together. Yeah, that's step one. That's what you say. Uh-uh. See, the Bible calls them silly women. Thank God there's no silly women in here. Amen? Amen. You see, silly women, can, can, uh, they're, they're easily um, gullible in their mind to where they can be persuaded with um, flirtation or um, fancy talk, whatever way you'd say, a charm, to where people, even spiritual phrases. Just because something has a spiritual phrase doesn't mean to say it's spiritual. It's a vegan burger. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? People did it with intercession. People did these things years ago with intercession where they were saying, you know what, we're, we're giving birth to something. And it opened up the door to all kinds of stuff yeah. Yeah. going on. Just people got in the flash. Yeah. It's all rubbish. Yeah. Amen? Amen? As Adrian quoted this earlier, ever learning and never, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let me tell you, as believers, it's, see when you teach the word, it's not about how complicated you can make it. It's, a, it's about how easy really you can make it for people to understand it. It's not about, you know what, um, trying to whiz people with your intellect. It's about just taking the Word of God. You know, some people just need to preach the Word. Just preach the Word. That's what, that's, what, that's what Paul's getting to here. He's letting us know the way the world's going. The way the world will be in the end days. And we can see all of these in our generation. And it's, there's, there's more in it to come. But what I'm saying is, if you want to be strong in these days, you have to find out what works. You don't need a message that has the appearance, the veneer of, of spirituality, but is not actual, actually spiritual. You don't live your life in fancy phrases. And I thank God for them all. You know, God is good all the time. God is good. That's great. But you, that, that's not actually a scripture. No. Yet the essence of it is there that God is good. He's a good yeah. father and all of those kind of things. But you know what? You live your life on the word. And sometimes people go for cliches. And to go for what's fancy and all of these kind of things. And sometimes that can come with, it can come in different ways. Depending on your, you can come in, a, in, a, in a, a shirt and a tie and looking formal and looking sharp. And look at how many leaders of cults and different things were as sharp as sharp can be and very uh, intelligent. Yeah. 
I tell you, you won't find a, a cult leader that isn't a smart person. They have, I've, I've watched many shows over the years and you see, you see their office and there's books everywhere. They know the philosophies of our generation. They've, they've read the Bible, but they've also read every other philosophy that's out there. But they use it to their advantage to bring people into control and yet they smile and quote scripture. And I tell you, it's the worst way for people to be brought into bondage is to take scripture and control people with it. But you see, it's only gullible people that will fall for it. And people do things because they're talked into doing things or giving away things to these people. People have talked, talked them out of their inheritance, talked them out of everything because they came with, with phrases of God, put me in your life. Do you see when someone comes into my life and, and, and even in a, in, in a Christian circle and the first thing they're talking about is, is authority and you know all of these kind of things. You're thinking where are they going with this here because you know what when your motive should be love and first uh, you know what I mean. It shouldn't be you know c control or you answer to me or any of those kind of things. You're only in the door. You're my leader. I'm your leader. What? I've, got, I've only here two services. I'm just checking the place out. Give me a bit of room. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let me tell you this here. Jesus is my leader, first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Then I submit to leaders under me. But that keeps me safe. Because other leaders can come and go, and I don't always know their motives. But thank God for leadership. There is leadership. But you submit to the head. So that if, if other leaders take advantage of you, you're secure. Amen? In other words, if Jesus says one thing and somebody else says another, you stick with Jesus. It'll stop you from getting into bondage. God told me that we're meant to spend more time together. Well, God told me I'm meant to spend more time with my wife or spend more time with my husband. God said you should come over to my house and you know what? And we'll pray and talk about these things. Well, God told me not to. God told me that I'll come over with my husband or my wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Amen. Yeah. I'll keep us all safe, won't it? Like, yeah. it's not about control; it's about looking after yourself. Because I tell you, I'm not, I'm not saying thank God. This, praise God, I'm talking dust, but I've seen it. I know a whole church that was that was split up over that kind of carry on. I know a, a minister that confronted some of the things that were going on and the minister was going to punch him in the face for confronting it because um, misuse, intimacy, okay? Misuse broke up a marriage because of God told me these things. Well, I'll tell you, God doesn't contradict himself. But when you're gullible in your thinking... Praise God. Look at this lovely gold pulpit here this morning. And you see, just because you say it doesn't make it, make it so. But there's people that do those things. God told... See once, you, see, once you end up the fourth member of the Godhead, it's time to step out of leadership. Amen. There's no room. There's not another seat. Praise God. I love leadership and I love authority and I've always respected authority. Anywhere I've ever went, I've respected authority, ministering and all of those things, but I respect God more. And I don't care how many degrees a person has on a wall. I don't care how many books they have in their office. It's not about how complicated. It's about does it set you free? Amen. Because you can have 
a fancy message, but if there's no power in it to change your life, it's no good. Amen. Now, let me just look at this quickly and I'll set this up. Look what it says here. Here's the good news for us as believers. It goes on here in verse 8. It says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. Look at that there. Look at this here. Withstood. Okay? So do these resist the truth. Okay? Okay, if you stand for the truth, it will be resisted. But I tell you, when you get the word in you, let me tell you, it can resist anything that comes against you. Yeah. That's right. Now, Janus and Jambres, they were the, the wise men, the magicians that um, Pharaoh called on. You remember Pharaoh called on whenever Moses came in? Let my people go. And Pharaoh called on his wise men. I say these were people of influence. That's what I'm saying. Even if people of influence resist the word of God in your life, don't you back down from the word of God? Because someone has titles. Because someone says, I've 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 studied, you know, the the I've I've studied the planet, I've studied the seasons, I've studied this, yeah, I've studied the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Don't back down. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just get the heart of this out today. I'm not saying that we're aggressive as Christians. We lose our love walk or anything like that. You can have love in your heart, but you can be as strong as strong can be in what you believe. You don't have to be ignorant in what you believe. We're people of love. They're our harvest. Yes. But you don't have to back down from what you believe. As believers stand for what you believe. People say, what if it costs me my friends? Well, they may leave you, but I tell you, do you see if they ever get in trouble? Do you know who they'll look for? They'll look for you. People, people down the line respect people who, who stand for something. Amen? Janus and Janbreeze, they resisted the truth. But look at this here. But they shall proceed no further. Do you know, there's a limit. There's a limit. But I want you to know that the Word of God can withstand any pressure that comes against you. You see, when Moses threw down his rod, it turned into a snake. And they threw down theirs, then it turned into a snake as well. In Pharaoh's presence. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't keep up with God. And they had to back down and say, we have no answers. And the children of Israel went free. Amen. No matter what comes against you, understand this, there's a sell by date on it. Pressure. The devil can bring pressure, but it's for a season. It's for a season. Anytime you look at trials in the Word of God, even trials that we face from people or whatever, where you just need the strength of God to keep going forward. Amen? It's only for a season. The devil may come against you, but he can't come against you forever. Amen? It can't come against you forever. And I tell you, the Bible doesn't tell us to sit back when the devil comes against us. It tells us to resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Amen. Now here's the answer. And I'll leave it with this this morning. Just um, 
Look what it says here. See, you're either one end, you're either at the end where there's perilous times and that pressure will cause you to get swamped in it. You'll be swamped in the system and you know what? You'll become a, a wishy-washy Christian where you can't resist anything. And the Janus and the Jambres of this world, when they stand up and defy what you believe or they resist what you believe, you'll fall to pieces. Or else you can be an Apostle Paul that can face hell in high water and finish his course. Amen. Look what it says here. But thou. Notice that. Amen. Yeah, all of these things are happening. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Amen. Doctrine is key. Teaching is key. The Word of God is key in your life. You cannot survive on something that's just shiny as a Christian. You need substance. Amen. Thou hast known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity. See, Paul had a mix in his life. He had the word. He could withstand things. He was in faith. When things came against him, he could stand as long as it took. He had patience for trials. He had long-suffering for people. People me and you know, people come against us, but you have long-suffering with people. You have patience in trials, circumstances of life. Amen. He had charity. See, what Paul was getting, even though he was pushed on, he still had the love of God for people. See, what he had worked. I don't want something that has the appearance of godliness. You see, in the world that's going down the spiral, so to speak, there are counterfeits that stand up to please everybody in this here, and they have a message, but it has no power. But Paul's message caused him to keep going forward, have love, not back off. Amen. And look at this here, persecutions and afflictions which came on to me in Antioch and Iconia, Lystra. Look at this, which persecutions I endured. Look at that. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Amen. As believers we need substance. Praise God. But you see, I, I, I was trying to get to something there this morning, but praise God, there was enough in that. But look what it says here. I'll just leave it with this. But you, notice what it said there, you do it. Yes. <laughs> you. Yes. Now there's a mixture there, because he said, I endured, but God delivered me out of them all. Yeah. But there is something that you do. And there are some people want God to do it for them. God gets involved and I'll show you how that works. But there's some things that we have to do. There's things Adrian can't do for you. There are some things I can't do for you, Batty, Annie. You can't do things for me. There are some things I have to do. May you know you have to renew your own mind. Amen. There's a song, a couple of songs. I sing this here for Dodonna, keeping her going. <laughs> it's like, you know the song, Lord, I offer my life to you. Yeah. I always sing, Lord, I offer my wife to you. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? I can't offer my wife to God. Amen. And she can't sing, I surrender Paul. No, she has to sing, I surrender all. Amen. So she can't sing, I surrender Paul. And I can't sing, Lord, I offer my wife to you. Okay. 
Because there's some things that you have to do. Exactly. Paul is saying to Timothy, and you know what he's saying? He's saying, Timothy, do you see what I have? It works. Yes. And Paul is saying, I, I've run my race. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I've finished my course. Timothy, this works. Do you see this other stuff? It will not work. See that vegan burger? It will not work for you. That vegan burger of the word, don't, don't fall for it. You need doctrine, Timothy. And he gave him the mix. Do you see what's going to keep us is these things. But Paul said to Timothy, I can't do it for you. You have to do this. Amen? You have to do it. We live in a world where people want everybody, even in church, to do everything for us. And there's a place for us to do it. There's a place to pray for people, and I believe in it. I believe in the laying on of hands. I believe in all of that. But nothing in your life will replace you renewing your mind. Nothing will. Amen. Thank God for teaching. There's no replacement for it. You know what? Train yourself for teaching. Train yourself for it. I'm telling you, it's what will keep you in these days. There's a lot of people will say, oh, do you know what? That, the, he, he, talks, he talks long. Well, you can get a service in one hour and everything's squashed into it. And you're to try and get into the presence of God. You're trying to worship God. And you're trying to get a word. I tell you, you're, you're just going just for the hour and it's over and out. But all I'm saying is this. Do you know what's, do you know what's kept me? For the last 28 years as a believer, through marriage, I don't say that in a funny way, but through marriage, yeah. amen, having kids, facing major illness, yeah. facing being in a church that closed, yeah. working in the church and it closed. You know, I, I've been about long enough and faced a few things to know what works and what doesn't work. To have everything naturally that you trusted in in God kind of a thing. Like, you know, you trust in God, but what you built your life for, the next thing it's gone. Yeah. And you're just there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. as, as we would say on your Jack Todd, yeah. standing there and you're looking at each other and saying, right, what do we do? No? Well, I, I, all I can tell you is this. Do you know what's kept us? The Word. Amen. The Word. Every single time. See, you may endure some things, but out of it all, the Lord will deliver you. Every single one. And you walk in love, and you love people, and all of those kind of things. You end up, you, you still keep your love walk, but you're going on with Jesus. Amen. Praise God for Jesus. Amen. Lord, we love you. Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, just for your word this morning. Lord, I just thank you. Teach us to value it more and more in our lives, Lord. To not look at it as just a book that's in a library with every other book. No, it's a book like no other. It's God-breathed. It's life. It's living. It's spirit. It's quick. It's powerful. Lord God, we just love you this morning. Just thank you for your word. And Lord, I just thank you for each one of us here, Lord. And as we leave here today, Lord, I thank you we leave with a blessing of God upon our lives, Lord God. 
that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing, Lord. We are loved unconditionally, Lord God. I thank you for the favor of God upon us in everything that we do, Lord. I thank you to strengthen us, strengthen our hearts, quicken us in the inner man. No matter what we face this week, we're strong in you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you we go in the blessing of God today. And we just praise you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. We'll leave it there this morning. Praise God. Have a great Sunday and have a great week and enjoy the weather.